You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the war, 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 the the war, the war, the war, the the war, 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 the a little bit more. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show here in Greenville, South Carolina, right in the heart of Panther country. And of course, joining me as he does for every single episode, he is my co-host, the man in charge of, well, everything that happens on a microphone within a 100 mile radius of wherever he may be. He is the great one. Lonzo Reitzel here with us as well as we continue to celebrate, ladies and gentlemen, a thing that we have not gotten to celebrate in a very long time, a win streak. Does, That's does, multiple wins connected to each other with no losses in the middle. All right, so just two in a row is a streak? That's a streak. Well, I guess it uh, okay. Technically speaking, it's a streak. We I, would like for it to be streakier. I don't know. I think a streak needs to be like four. But that's uh, just... According to the, move, to the movie Major League, the manager says, boys, that's called a win. You get two of those, you're back-to-back. You get another one, they call it a win streak. So a third win this weekend over Pittsburgh would give us a streak, uh, according to the rules of the movie, uh, the movie Major League, which, by the way, a pivotal piece of cinema. I maintain everyone should have to watch that movie at least twice. Yeah, I'm looking for the stand-up poster of the owner around here. Uh, nobody know. wants that picture of David Tepper in their office, Okay, if we're being honest <laughs> with right. each other. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let us get this thing started. And I want to start with this. Uh, we were talking this on our show earlier. I heard some other podcasters talking about it recently over the past couple of weeks. And I've heard, and I think I even said it on Monday's pod, and I need to say this to correct me and everybody else. I've heard the phrase a couple of times that uh, while Carolina is in a really good position, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ultimately control the destiny of the NFC South. Ladies and gentlemen, that is 50% true. It's 50% true because if the Panthers win out, they win the division. If the Panthers win out, it means they would beat Tampa Bay. It would mean that they would finish a game of and with the tiebreaker over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If the Buccaneers beat Carolina, but the Panthers go three and one in the final four with the only loss being to Tampa, the Panthers with real opportunity here. The Panthers have an opportunity here. 
there is something nice when you move from the territory of if we get the wins that we need and get a little help, dot, 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 to if we do what we're supposed to do, we're in. Right. Like there's it takes a little pressure. You don't have to on Sunday when you are playing against Pittsburgh, you don't have to look up at the scoreboard. Right. You don't have to be checking to see what the score of the Tampa game is this weekend. You know, hey, you went out, you move on. It's just that simple. The pressure comes off. You don't have to scoreboard watch. It's just a little bit easier to breathe at that point in time, Lonzo. This team has a bona fide, genuine opportunity ahead of them, and it starts this Sunday at Pittsburgh. You now control your own destiny by going to get the wins you should get. All right, I need some clarification with something because uh, people may not know this, but you have absolute and complete disdain for Atlanta. And so sometimes you leave Atlanta out of conversations. Intentionally. Yeah. Uh, what if Atlanta wins out? Uh, number one, I would be absolutely shocked. Well, same here, but it's still a possibility. Sure. I don't suspect Desmond Ritter, who was unable to beat out Marcus Mariota for a job uh, as a draft pick is suddenly just going to step up and show, but maybe he does theoretically. Well, because if Atlanta wins out and the Panthers win out, they have the same exact record head to head. They're tied. Correct. Uh, so then, does it go? Then it would to, go to divisional okay. record. All right. All right. Uh, which would be us that because would, yeah. assuming we win out, that would be a five and one record in division. Okay. okay. Right. Uh, so Atlanta if Carolina wins out, becomes irrelevant. Tampa, if Carolina wins out, obviously would not only mean that the best they can do is 3-1, and one, but it would be 3-1 and one with the tiebreaker, both heads-up games going to us, right? And again, it is hard to beat a team twice. I can't really say that about the Buccaneers this year. They just, you know, I kept waiting, and I think a lot of people did, and maybe I fell for a trap here. I don't think I did. I think I was in the common thought. Um, I think we all kind of just kept waiting for the wheels to gain, to, to gain traction for the Buccaneers. Like we kept waiting for, okay, eventually Tom's going to get some help. Eventually receivers are going to stop uh, dropping footballs. Eventually the O-line is going to block. And not only have they not, but the losses continue to, to, to get progressively uglier. They shouldn't have beat New Orleans last Monday. San Francisco beat the dog snot out of them this weekend. Uh, we're going to learn about the character and temperament of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Joey B and the Bengals are kind of finding a bit of a stride and that's who they got this weekend. Then they follow that up with a really, 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 really tough game. Uh, the weekend San after Francisco. that, they got San yeah, Francisco when they, next, when they've yeah. got, uh, when they've got San Francisco, uh, arguably the best over, or excuse me, Arizona, the, uh, who has got, who has got, even without Kyler Murray, uh, at least a defense up front that has been known to cause a little chaos. San Francisco beat the hell out of Tampa. Uh, then they've got the Bengals this week, Arizona, before they finish up with Carolina and Atlanta. Okay, so here's here's my confusion because when I'm when I'm thinking of Tampa Bay, I'm thinking of Tom Brady. And how many times have I thought he was done? And and those like me who want to see him be done, and then he comes back and he puts a dagger through. 
any part of your body that it would hurt really bad. He does that, and I just um, I'm just always a little worried. You know, as long as he's playing and there's a possibility for him to do something. Now, I want to believe, and and I'm 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 95 percent in belief that they're going to lose uh, to Cincinnati for sure. Sure. And I do believe the Panthers can beat them again. So if we do that and we take care of everything else, it's done. I just, <clears throat> I have this great fear. It's, it's not that I believe in Tom Brady, because I don't. I, I never will say that I believe in Tom Brady, but I believe that, that, uh, that, that Tom Brady wants to hurt me by winning. Tom Brady seems to, over the course of his career, come up with new, fun, and exciting ways to break the hearts of fans of other teams every single year, right? I mean, we have seen late game comebacks. We all remember the 28 to three game against Atlanta. (laughs) Um, We, we have watched Tom come up with new creative inventive ways to break hearts year after year during his time uh, down in Tampa for sure. The problem is in order for him to break Carolina hearts. And by the way, this would be the most unique Tom Brady way to break a heart so far this year. Uh, the most unique way for him to break a heart of a Panther this year would be for them to win out and win the division just when we had a little ray of hope. And in the process, cost us six, seven, eight, nine, ten positions worth of draft picks uh, in the process, right? So I am a little bit wary of that. But again, the best defense in football just made it look the week after Tom Brady absolutely and completely struggled against New Orleans and was good for two and a half minutes at the end of that game, he goes up against an actual defense. San Francisco makes him look silly. And again, I was looking at the lines earlier today, and let me see if they've changed up here. But the last time I looked at the Tampa Bay game for this weekend, not only uh, not only were they, were they dogs in this one, to Joey B and the Cincinnati Bengals, but they were pretty big dogs. The line on that one currently is sitting at Cincinnati. Oh, it's only minus three and a half, which is a little bit shocking. In fact, I'm probably going to go ahead and put a little coin on Cincinnati to cover in yeah, that one. Yeah, you might want to do that. Yeah, it seems like the biggest give me of the uh, of the season so far. But, you know, a Tom Brady way to break our heart would be to win out, take that team to the division, and cost us multiple draft positions in the process. Either way, hey, look, this team can 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 sit around and they can talk about what if and how about this and what if that and who if this beats that. None of that matters. There are four games between here and the end of the season. And yes, that, if we were to win out, would put us on a, what, six-game win streak going into the playoffs, which let's be real, has been unheard of in Carolina for, like, a long time. But it's possible. It's right there in front of you. Pittsburgh, although a good team, is not a team, uh, scratch that, I should say a better team than they were at the beginning of the season, is not a team that is incapable of being beat. Detroit, as we have mentioned, looks a hell of a lot better now than they did a couple of weeks ago. Still a team that is going through some growing issues right now. A winnable game. Tampa Bay, we know, is winnable. We've already done it. 
And New Orleans looks as trash as they have looked since the early 2000s, late 90s. That's a beatable football team, even in New Orleans. So with all of that being said, the, the, the only point that I'm making here, Lonzo, is very simply, we control our destiny. Wins for us at this point, put us in. You got four games ahead of you, two of them, the next two. And by the way, against the tougher of the four opponents, the next two in Pittsburgh and Detroit, both of those are in the bank. Both of those are at home. Go out there, win those games, control your destiny, and let's win this division. And oh, by the way, make me some money because I put money on the Panthers to win the division at plus 2,400. That odd as of Monday has dropped now down to plus 400. Man, if you got in on that, good for you. Uh, Gosh, if only you listened to uh, somebody, I'm not saying who. If only Uh. someone would have told you that you should do that. And uh, if you are someone who listened... You're You're welcome. You're probably going to make, make, make a little bit. So, so for that extra, you need to tell some people about this podcast. That's what you need to do. Also in lieu of the customary 15% that I charge as your agent in lieu of that pop the views from Mint street podcast. Welcome link on to 15 friends pages. We'll call it. We'll call it even. There we go. One friend per percentage. That's a deal, especially for the amount of cash that you'll probably make, uh, from listening to Rob, uh, earlier and, uh, Wow, what a, what a position to be in for the Panthers, knowing that if you went out, you get to go to the playoffs, you win the division, everything you need to do. Now you got to go out and get the job done. And if they play the way they played uh, this past week, things are looking pretty good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Views from Mint Street Podcast rolls on. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Brown, Lonzo Wright. So with you talking a little Carolina Panther football. And let's get into this. You and I kind of hit on this on our show, the Rob Brown Show, which airs from 9 to noon Eastern time, Monday through Friday. And of course, if you have the Odyssey app, you can listen to that show too. We talk about all the sports on that show, NBA, NFL, MMA, pro wrestling, hockey, soccer, Everything but lacrosse. I don't get lacrosse. I just don't. I tried. I just don't understand lacrosse. Anyway. By the way, I'm not anti-lacrosse, so we're, so we're good there. I just, I don't get it. It's not even that I'm anti-lacrosse. It's just that I don't get it. Okay. Uh, you can listen to the Rob Brown Show live on the Odyssey app. And of course, while you're at it, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. The Views for Mint Street podcast, wherever major podcasts are found. Here's the question I asked Lonzo on the air today. And I'll let him reiterate his answer here on the pod before I give you mine. Did Steve Wilkes knock the interim tag off of the head coaching position with the win on the road at Seattle? Back-to-back wins for the first time in what? 396 games, I believe. Back-to-back wins on the road against an, uh, a step-up in opponent in Seattle. Did Steve Wilkes shed the interim tag 
on Sunday, Lonzo. All right, it might have been 396 days. I don't think it was 396 games. Yes, I was being sarcastic because yeah, I okay, tend to okay. be once to three okay. times per day. I was, I was making sure because someone said, what? What did, <laughs> what did he just say? Yeah, yeah. It, it had been a while since they won back-to-back games, and uh, it looked good. It felt good. Hopefully it continues, but that's the thing. It needs to continue. I don't – wow, he won two games in a row. We need to make him coach. Really? Really? What if that's all he wins the rest of the season? I don't believe that's going to happen, but what if it is? You can't just uh, – and, and until he matches and surpasses the mighty Matt Rule, I can't, I can't take that tag off. And right now, he's only won four games. Matt Rule won five. You win me six, I'm down with it. You don't, then it's more of the same and you need to go out and find somebody else. Okay, so – Couple of things, yeah. Let's start with this. Steve Wilkes took over after Matt Rule started the summer against New Orleans back in week three. That means that Steve Wilkes had f- five and a half weeks effectively where he was not the head coach of this football team. It also means that Steve Wilkes has had zero overall control over roster management for this team for two and a half years. And in that time, Matt Rule and David Tab, excuse me, Scott Fitterer built this roster the way that Matt Rule imagined it. Go back to last week's podcast and you'll hear the segment where we talked a little bit about some of the behind the scenes video clips of Matt rule during draft day that came out that show very clearly when he said, well, I'm not the GM. I didn't make control over what picks we made. Yeah. Not so much. Matt rule was in the war room telling Scott Fitterer. That's the guy we want. Okay. So we know that that is not true. At least to some degree that rule was building the roster the way he saw the roster being built. Steve Wilkes missing out on being the head coach for five weeks of an NFL season and having precisely zero control over roster management of this team has four games remaining, Detroit, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Tampa. If he wins one of those games... He will have matched Matt Rule's season win total high during the three years that he was, well, two and a quarter years that he was here. If he goes two and two during the Final Four, would you take the bet that he goes two and two at the worst in the Final Four? Two and two. I don't don't have a good average when it comes to betting, but yes, he should at least go two and two. Yeah. I think the, 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 the worst outcome at this point. Even realistically, right? Like, this isn't even Rob Optimistic Fan. Rob the Realist says the worst this team does through the Final Four is 2-2. Two and two. Should have beat Atlanta. Yep. Didn't. I mean, yep. it, there are things that can go the other way. Sure. Whether you should or you do are, are two different things. But, yeah, at least 2-2. Two and two. Reasonable to think that 2-2 two and two is the worst this team can do through the Final Four. If Steve Wilkes goes... Two and two, he will, without being the head coach for the first five weeks of the season, have surpassed Matt Rule's season high win total at any point in his tenure as a Carolina Panther. Two and two. If he wins three 
of the Final Four, he will be two two games clear of Matt Rule's best single season win total. And obviously, if he wins all four, three games clear of that. And that's without being the head coach for the first five weeks of the season. And it includes having that best fractionally minimal control over roster construction. He put Sam Darnold in. He sent Baker Mayfield out. Again, I think there was more to it than just that, but we'll get into that at another point in time. Sam Darnold has been exactly what Lonzo has said he needed to be, a game manager quarterback in charge of a ground and pound offense. I was very, very worried that we would go to Seattle and Steve Wilkes would make the same mistake that he made a handful of weeks ago where we won one game by grounding and pounding, and then we turned around and for whatever reason, the very next week decided, oh, let's throw the football all over the field. I'm trying to remember. It was, um, goodness, it was coming off of the, oh, it was coming off the Bucks win. We decided to try to turn it loose against the Falcons. I don't really count the Bengals because that's a good team. Beat the Falcons, turned around, kept it a low-scoring game by running the ball against Baltimore. Lost the game, but very, very late. Turned it around. Beat Broncos with the ground and pound. I was like, all right, if we go to Seattle and they decide to, okay, let's see what Sam Darnold can do, right? Like, let's turn him loose and see what he can do. I thought that'll get us in trouble. What did they do? Not that. They ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball. And every now and then asked Sam Darnold to go out there and just make a game manager throw. We don't need home run balls. We don't need you going crazy. I understand there's a lot of people who think we should try to go crazy every now and then with Chenault, with DJ Moore to stretch the field, work the DBs deeper back into their own territory, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. But we have, and we've said this a billion times and will a billion more, found our identity as a football team and a team that runs the hell out of the football. And then when we do pass, make smart, high percentage low-risk throws with a game-manager quarterback. I was afraid we would not do that in Seattle and it would cost us. Instead, Steve Wilkes rolled out the exact game plan we knew we needed to do to win, and we won the football game. And on top of all of that, the other thing Wilkes has done is he has now got this team in his back pocket. The boys have come out heavy in support of Steve Wilkes. There have been a lot of quotes from a lot of specifically defensive players that have been like, I'm ride or die for Steve. Steve was quoted as saying after the win, quote, I'm just so thrilled and so happy for those guys in the locker room. Coaches do a tremendous job in game planning and putting these guys in position, but all the credit goes to those players and they go out there and perform and finish. And with everything that we've gone through, they've gone through with the different coaching changes, getting rid of players, the organization trying to tank it, all of those different things. And to see how those guys respond, came out and played yesterday, it's pretty thrilling and emotional, yes. He has got dudes because he says stuff like this, right? What did he just say? Hey, we did we did what we needed to do as coaches, but those guys went out there and won the damn football game. He's given all the praise to the players. He's heaping it all on them. He is telling them, we understand what you went through. We understand what went sideways. We understand how bad it got. And y'all kept pounding. You're the dudes. And the players, though, are heavily buying into that. That, combined with the fact that Steve Wilkes will best Matt Rule's season-high win total. That's why Steve Wilkes is your head coach next year. Go ahead and mark that down. All right. So we'll we'll see. And I don't want people to think that I'm anti-Steve Wilkes because I'm not. 
Uh, if he's if he's the best guy for the job, that's going to get Panthers wins and and get them to the Super Bowl. That's the guy I want. Absolutely. I just I need a little more proving. And you talked about how he changed the game plan up before. How do you know he won't do that this week? Because Pittsburgh's looking at that game and going, okay, this is what they're going to do. Can we stop them? And it's going to come down to a matter of patience. Do you try to go, okay, they know we're going to do this, so let's do this. Hopefully he has learned his lesson and won't do that and just come out and whether it works at the beginning or not, run the ball the entire time. But again, I want to say it one more time. I am not anti-Steve Wilkes. I just need a little more proof. That's all. Just, just a little more. A couple more games, and then you got me. I, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, he's won me over. And he's won me over both because of the fact that, and again, yeah, like you can say I need a couple more games. And sure, yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Look, if now that effectively, I mean, there both is and isn't pressure, right? There is a pressure that if you go 4 0, you're in the playoffs, or even 3 and 1, you're in the playoffs. But also the added pressure that. As long as that loss isn't to Tampa Bay. Right. Um, 3 and 1 with the loss being to Tampa, you would need Tampa to drop one, which they're going to. Um, with that knowledge, my thought becomes as long as this dude doesn't choke the season, right? If we come out Sunday against Pittsburgh and we stink up the field, we choke up the field, I'm going to scratch my head a little bit. If we go back to back and lose to both Pittsburgh and Detroit, now we're in trouble, right? At that point, you can pretty much say, okay, we're out. Because while Tampa is likely going to drop one of the next two, If we go into that Tampa game on a two-game losing streak, I feel a little bit more confident that Tampa is going to be in that game with it being at Ray J. If he comes out and wins one of the next two, good. I got He's the dude. If he wins both of the next two, holy crap, is he the dude. But there's one more element to that, and that is the players. There's another reason. There's another voice that got added to the conversation that I went, yeah, this dude's figured it out. Luke Keekley was asked on the Max show WFNZ in Charlotte, North Carolina, where he was doing a weekly hit earlier this week. He was asked if he would be interested in returning to the organization and coaching football. He was on with the Mac attack and asked if he feels the same way about promoting Wilkes to interim head coach. Would he join up with that? And he said, if Wilkes gets the job, that quote, absolutely. It feels a lot like that 2014 season when everybody counts you out. You kind of get hot. You kind of get on a roll. The team galvanizes together and you make a run. And I think that's kind of the position we're at right now. There's a really good energy around the building. There's a lot of guys that are excited. There's a lot of excitement, end quote. Now, Keekly was asked what kind of business issues he'd have to take care of before he could join if he was going to. He said, I got to figure that out. I'm working with South Charlotte Patriots football right now. I got to see if I can get out of that contract. I got to see if that's a vertical move or if that's a lateral move, end quote. Now, all due respect to the South Charlotte Patriots football team, uh, I would say, Zoe, it's not like a directly vertical, but the move from... uh, Pop Warner assistant coach to NFL assistant coach. I'd say it's like it's a mild incline move, you know, like you've taken a like a half a step up 
to go from South Charlotte Pop Warner to the NFL. Like, it's respectable, I guess. It's just one of those things where you, uh, I hear Rob Brown read something, but I don't know if there was sarcasm or or sincerity. And that's the how, best version of sarcasm. How, how Luke responded to to that and how he said it without actually hearing the interview. That's a direct quote. I know, but I mean, if if you say that with a smile. Then you're just like basically saying, yeah, I'll, I'll go if, if they offer it. Or it could mean that the, the team he's with right now means a lot to him and he would have to really think about it because he's a guy when he's in something, he's in it. And so maybe that's what it comes down to. Uh, it is a vote of confidence for Steve Wilkes, the fact that Luke Keekley said he would be willing to join the staff. We don't know that he's actually been offered a position to join the staff. But still, who wouldn't want him on helping to coach linebackers? Uh, one of my favorite linebackers of all time. I remember asking when he was in training camp, uh, asking the coach at the time, Ron Rivera, can you, what can you do to slow Keekley down so he doesn't go so hard in practice and doesn't keep getting the concussions? And he's like, there's nothing. That's just who he is and how he does things. So I, I know if he comes on as a coach, he's going to tackle it the same way he did, you know, guys in the NFL for many, many years. Uh, jokes aside, the fact that Luke Keekley was asked, and, and, and again, remember the preface was the to the question was, would you come back if Wilkes gets the head coaching job? Luke Keekley, as far as I can tell, and there's a little speculation. He has had some quotes. Uh, Luke Keekley, I think in large part, left the program because of the regime in charge and the way the team was being run. The fact that Steve Wilkes has won over Luke Keekley, the fact that Steve Wilkes has gotten this guy, a Panther legend, who, by the way, never has to work another day in his life in Charlotte if he doesn't want to. To go, yeah, I'd come back for that guy. Because there's excitement, there's energy, there's a galvanized team. Luke Keekley's a smart dude. And he sees that. He sees what I see at this point. Uh, that alone, like the, the 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 ball game and the results and all that, that's all good, that's all well. And, and obviously at the end of the day, if, if, if the coach had a 100% approval rating uh, amongst all Americans but he was starting at five and 12 every year, you'd have to move on. Right. But the fact that this dude has both a locker room and a legend in Luke Keekley saying, yeah, I'd come back to work for that dude. That's the foundation you are looking for when you talk about building a culture. And that is why after the Panthers win this division this year, Steve Wilkes will officially knock that interim tag off. Just ladies and gentlemen, you wait and see if you have got, a site or a bookie who will allow you to place a bet on the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Steve Wilkes' odds are going to be about negative 3,000 to 1. Take that bet anyway. It's free money even if it's not that much of it. The Views from Imp Street podcast rolls on. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Brown and Lonzo Wright. So if you haven't done it yet, do us a favor if you don't mind. Take this pod. Grab that little share link. It's a little icon that's got like the three circles, but then the two sticks. So it forms like a gator mouth, but with bubbles on the end. 
You know what I mean. Click that button, copy link, and post it to your social media. Share it with your Panther friends and family so that we can continue to grow this pod moving forwards. Uh, We're going to talk X's and O's of the Steelers game coming up on Friday's edition of the pod. Uh, On Friday's edition of the pod, we'll get into the X's and O's. But there is a bit of this game that uh, I do want to talk about today. And frankly, it has nothing to do with the guys who are going to be strapping on visors and helmets on Sunday. Uh, You know, Zoe, over the past really three years, I haven't really called out Panthers fans. Now, I will tell you that in the past, I have said that Panthers fans, unfortunately in Charlotte, are what I call a wine and cheese sports crowd, right? Like a lot of folks, not everybody, but a lot of folks at games on Sundays uh, are there because it's a social setting, right? It's an opportunity to go hang out with other Panthers fans and like, oh, go team go. But like, also I'm here to talk and laugh and drink a beer, which don't get me wrong. Sounds like a great Sunday afternoon, but I've called them a wine and cheese crowd, even as a fan, even as somebody broadcasting within that market. Uh, It is time, ladies and gentlemen. And I think this weekend, maybe the most important of the four games remaining. It is time for Panthers fans, not the wine and cheese crowd, not the social crowd, not the let me do the game so I can get some great Instagram photos, not those fans. I need genuine, legit football fans in the building on Sunday. And here's why the Pittsburgh Steelers are arguably the best traveling team in the National Football League, mainly because they've been around so damn long that Just about every city has a really good Pittsburgh Steelers audience. Uh, I used to live down in Destin, Florida. It is a city that a few of you have heard of. Many of you have not. It's a tiny little tourist town. Well, it used to be tiny when I was growing up. Uh, Tiny little tourist town on the Florida Panhandle, about an hour and a half to the east of Pensacola. Uh, And it used to blow my mind. There was a restaurant down there named Harry T's. And Harry T's was the, uh, it was a big old sports bar. And it was the meeting spot Uh, of about seven different fan clubs, right? The FSU fan club, the LSU fan club, the Florida fan club, and the NFL, uh, they were the home of the Steelers. And I I, I used to be genuinely shocked by that. I'm like, you got Atlanta right there. You got Carolina as a Southeastern team. You got Tampa. You got Miami. You got the Saints. You got all these teams in the Southeast, and you're a Pittsburgh fan club. Uh the Pittsburgh fans living in Destin, Florida would turn out though upwards of 80 strong every Sunday to watch Steeler football. Okay. They're the best traveling team in the NFL, arguably predominantly because of the fact that they have been around so long and for so long, they were a bandwagon franchise. And then those bandwagon fans had kids who grew up Steelers fans who then multiply like rabbits in the springtime that Steelers fans fill up stadiums. In fact, go back, what was it, two weeks? Yeah, go back two weeks to the game where Pittsburgh was at Atlanta. It was a home game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was in Atlanta, but there were more Steelers. I have a buddy who's a Falcons fan who was at that game and said he was embarrassed because the Steelers fans were significantly louder than the Falcons fans. The wine and cheese fans need to stay home The real fans need to show out because the tone for the last three games of the season will be set in this one. And if you give Pittsburgh fans a bunch of empty seats and an opportunity, they will turn your stadium into theirs for a day. 
The fans should not impact how the game goes, though, but you and I have both been to football games, and we know good and gosh darn well that they do. Carolina fans need to show up and show out this Sunday to prevent the Steelers from having one more advantage in this football game. All right, so I have only been to Carolina Panther training camps. I have only been uh, to see Carolina Panthers in their state. I've never been to any other NFL stadium except for that one. I always get offended with the wine and cheese thing because I don't really know what that means because when I've been there, that place has been rocking. I've sat everywhere in that stadium just about, including way up at the top, and I've been in you know, in a, in a luxury box before. And everywhere I've been, that place has been loud. People have been cheering. I remember on, on my um, anniversary one year, my wife and I went and watching Steve Smith run uh, a, a kickoff. It was either a kickoff or a punt. I can't remember which one. Back for a touchdown and just feeling it swell in the crowd and how loud it got and, and everything. So I know they're capable and I believe in this fan base, and I believe they can be as loud as they need to be, and I believe they can show up. So I get offended when other people say that they're wine and cheese and they're just there for a good time. They can be raucous. They can be out of control. They can be what a fan base needs to be because I've seen it, and I've seen it many, many times. I, uh, I've been to a couple of Panthers games since I moved up here three seasons ago. And started covering the team. Started being a fan of the team. The interesting thing has been, like I mentioned, that it definitely has a social atmosphere. The Pittsburgh Steelers will absolutely take advantage of that. And while, again, the mark of a great team is they can be playing in front of 100% their fans. They could be playing in front of 100% your fans. They could be playing in front of zero fans at all. They should be able to still go out and win the game. But... Professional athletes are still athletes. Professional athletes are still people. They run off of energy, emotion, adrenaline, just like everybody else. Everybody else, you know, I, Zoe and I, I, I think I can speak for Zoe here. I got a Spotify playlist that's all hype-up songs, right? It's just all hype-up songs. It is some classic rock jams. It's some heavy metal. It's some WWE entrance music. It, it's all hype songs. And I have that playlist because every now and then I got to get something done. And I know that when I bump that playlist, one of those songs is going to hit and I'm going to be ready to run through a wall. We all run off of energy and passion and emotion. And professional football players are no different. If Carolina fans show up, show out, and drown out the Steelers fans and give that little bit of extra adrenaline to the team, they're going to be better for it. Even if it's just .01%. That is 0.01% chance that you'll win the game better than you were before versus the opposite. Because it's not just that the Pittsburgh fans would be louder, though. It's that the Pittsburgh fans would be louder, and these guys out there busting it are going to look up and go, man, we're on a two-game win streak, we're in control of the division, and we can't even get our fans to show out. That has, even if you do not notice it, acknowledge it, It has an emotional impact on everybody. There are days when the radio show gets zero reaction on Twitter or or the text message. And it absolutely, I sit here and I go, why am I doing this? Nobody cares. Nobody listens. And then the next day, the Twitter just pop off and the text line pops off. And I'm like, yeah, there we go. Now I'm hyped. Now I'm ready to roll. Football players are no different. 
it is incredibly important that they show up and show out and provide the team, if nothing else, one last thing to lose confidence over. You know, and here's the thing. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a season ticket holder and something's going on and you can't go this week or or maybe you're just you're just worried because they've had such a downtime, find another Panther fan to get those tickets to, to sell them to or give them to. Don't sell them to a Pittsburgh fan. I mean, don't do that because then then that's helping the other team. I know you're getting some money back, but still, there's a Panther fan out there who wants to go to this game. And I got to believe with that the Panthers fans are smart enough to realize how important this game is and how important the rest of the season is. And they're going to show up and they're going to be loud. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to be loud because they're just loud people. But we can be louder. All right, last thing we'll mention before we get up on out of here for the day. Uh, one more bit of props. It feels like this is almost becoming uh, like a weekly thing. J.C. Horn, ladies and gentlemen, after yet another spectacular game on the road at Seattle, J.C. Horn now is the National Football League's best cornerback in terms of passer rating allowed amongst cornerbacks with a minimum of 275 snaps, and it's not even particularly close at this point. James Bradbury from Philadelphia has given up a 43.6 passer rating against him in direct coverage. Sauce Gardner, who is a leading candidate for rookie of the year, right? It's either him or Chris Olave. A 48.8 passer rating allowed. Darius Slay from Philly, 59.4. Marlon Humphrey from Baltimore, one of the best in the game, 66.4. J.C. Horns, 35.8. He has a roughly 10-point lead in terms of passer rating allowed out front of the next best cornerback in the entire National Football League. I've been telling you guys since this kid got drafted, he has got the chance to join the NFL's all-time elite cornerback club, and he's proven it right now. Yeah, J.C. Horn was was awesome with the Gamecocks. He's, he's awesome with the Panthers. I still wish, man, if he hadn't been injured last year, more people would know about him, but they're starting to see that you don't throw that way. You, you do not throw his way. And think of how good the Panthers will be if he continues to play the way he is, if you can find someone comparable to, to him to put on the other side. Uh, good luck to, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, everybody else if that happens. Ladies and gentlemen, Sunday, 1 p.m., Steelers, Panthers. We want to stretch that win streak out to three. More importantly, we want to go level with Tampa Bay on the record, which means we would be out front of the division. I want all the pressure on Brady and the Buccaneers when we meet them in three weeks. Before we get out of here, Zoe, any final words for the people? Yeah, show up, show out, show you're louder than than the black and gold and prove Rob Brown wrong uh, that the supposed wine and cheese crowd can be just as loud as anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, We shall return to you on Friday. And what we do, you will get the X's and O's breakdown of the Carolina Panthers hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll have some key players, some things to watch for. 
and more. Between here and there, do us a favor. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you're downloading every episode and make sure you share us around in your social circle so we can continue to grow the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you back here on Friday. Enjoy it. See you then. And until then, keep pounding, baby.